the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Company and other factors. The following program is sponsored by The Truth Incorporated. Today on Know the Truth, Philip DeCourcy helps us temper our emotions with the wisdom of Proverbs. A fool vents all his feelings. A wise man holds them back. You need to control yourself, and so do I. That's why in Ephesians 4, 31 to 32, after tell him, be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down in your wrath. Don't give the devil place. Later on, he will say, forgive one another as God has forgiven you in Christ Jesus. is a human emotion we can't avoid. So how should we respond to these strong feelings without giving the devil a foothold? Today on Know the Truth, Philip DeCourcy encourages us to stop and pray. By taking some time out with God, we can get to the bottom of the issue. So let's pull up the root and look beneath the surface, seeking the Holy Spirit's guidance for responding properly or not at all. In his concluding message titled, Anger Management, here now is Pastor Philip DeCourcy. I want to speak on anger. I want to speak on anger management. That's the title of the sermon. And we're going to base this on Proverbs 16.32. Listen to these words. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Here's a verse that encourages anger management, and we're going to use it as the foundation of our message Anger is an inflammation of the emotions. It can be good and it can be bad, and we'll get to that in a moment. But just basically, it's an inflammation of the emotions. And you know what? It has its proper place in its proper proportion in life. God himself is often expressed as anger. And God is holy, holy, holy. Therefore, his anger is holy. It is righteous indignation. In Exodus 4.14, in Deuteronomy 29.27-28, you'll read about the anger of the Lord was aroused. And therefore, there can be a time and there can be an occasion where it is proper and right for you and I to allow our emotions to be inflamed to a point of passion and anger. And in that, if it's the right time and the right way over the right issue, we are doing a righteous thing that reflects the image of God and man. That's the mood of anger. What about the madness of anger? And I've chosen this word madness particularly. Two verses that will underscore it. Proverbs 14, verse 17. A quick-tempered man acts foolishly. That's our word. The man or the woman who doesn't control their anger is a fool. They're nuts. They're mad. They're insane. Pick your word. None of them are good. 
Proverbs 14, 29. He who is slow to wrath is great understanding. He who is impulsive exalts folly. The book of Proverbs would teach me that it's mad to get mad. It's mad to get mad at the wrong thing in the wrong way at the wrong time because we make enemies out of our friends. We make it impossible for our enemies to become our friends. We grieve the Holy Spirit and we wound people, our wives, our children. Nothing good comes off it. It isolates, it divides, it separates. Okay, management of anger. Let's talk about the management of anger. Go back to our Proverbs 16, 32 verse. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Listen, he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. You can and you must manage your anger by God's grace because anger murders our health, kills our relationships, breeds folly, wounds the work of God, grieves the spirit of God and says hello to the devil. Now, there's all kinds of ways people try to manage their anger, and some of it's very funny and very ineffective. Some people take a cold shower. Some people count to ten. Many years ago, Thomas Jefferson said, when you're angry, count to ten. When you're really angry, count to a hundred. That's a lot better than Mark Twain, who said, count to four, and then if you're really angry, start to swear. But you know what? People, as I've said, they go down to the gym, find themselves a punching bag. They do all kinds of things to vent their anger, manage their emotions. But here's a few things you should be doing. Number one, be repentant. Number one, be repentant. Don't ignore your anger. Don't bury it. That doesn't solve anything. You know, that's like taking a waste paper basket full of paper, setting it on fire, putting it in the cupboard in your bedroom and closing the door and pretending it's not there. It's still on fire and it's going to burn your house down. You can ignore it all you want. Don't do that. Confess it. Don't repress it. Don't express it in an ungodly manner. Confess it. It's sin. Remember, this is a heart issue. This is finds its seat and its source in your animosity towards God. You're not at peace with God, therefore you're not at peace with others, and you're not at peace with yourself. So this all begins with repentance. Stop ignoring the problem. Stop shifting the blame. Stop looking at temperament, politics, environment, what you don't have, what somebody else took. Call it for what it is. Give it its proper name. It's a work of the flesh. It's sinful. That's why Proverbs 20 verse 9 says what? Who can say, I have my heart clean and I am pure from sin? Question mark. Point is, nobody can say that because we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And while there may be expressions of righteous anger in our lives, often it's unrighteous anger and it needs to be repented of. That's why I like Proverbs 28, verse 13. Proverbs 28, verse 13. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes him will have mercy. The old preachers used to talk about when it comes to your sin, if you cover it, God will uncover it. If you uncover it, God will cover it. Love that. If you've got an anger problem, go to God about it. Talk to friends about it. Sit down with pastors about it. But don't cover it. Don't ignore it. Don't relabel it. Be repentant. Number two, be removed. Be removed. Remove yourself from contacts and people who tend to make you angry or who are angry themselves. Let's go back to Proverbs 22, 24 to 25. We read it earlier. I'll repeat it. Make no friendship with an angry person. 
And with a furious person do not go, lest you learn his ways. Folks, this is contagious stuff. Touch it and you'll leave with it. So be careful. Now, how do you implement this? Make no friendship with an angry man. You might say, well, I'm married to him. Or you might say, hey, tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock in the office, I'm going to meet him. And he's my boss. So what I think this is saying practically is to the degree you can avoid bad-tempered people. Don't get drawn into their fights if you cannot avoid them. Take whatever practical steps you can to lower the temperature in your life and put a distance between you and angry people and issues that make you angry or issues that make them angry. Just be practical. Be repentant and be removed because it spreads. It's contagious. Actually, Robert Jeffress, who I mentioned earlier, he tells a story about Billy Martin, who was a baseball manager, and he was on a hunting trip with Mickey Mantle. And Mickey Mantle had a friend who owned a ranch and often got permission to go hunting. And so they went to the ranch, and Mickey Mantle went inside to the owner of the ranch and got permission to go hunting, which he did. And the guy said to him, you know what, Mickey, we have an old mule in the barn. It's a bit of a family pet. We can't bring ourselves to kill the thing. Would you, you know, since you're here and you're going hunting, would you at least do me a favor and kill that mule for me? It really, it's, it's on its last legs. He says, sure. So he comes outside the house, and Billy Martin's in the car, and he decides to have a bit of fun. So he gets in the car and acts like he's all angry. He says, can you believe it? This buster won't let us hunt today. We've driven out, and he's not going to let us hunt. He says, you know what? I'm so ticked off. I'm going to show him. I'm going to go into his barn and kill one of his mules. So he drives down and out of the car and into the barn and shoots the thing. He comes out, and as he's coming in, he hears two more shots. And as he comes out, he said, what was that? And Billy said, well, you know what? You know, if he's not going to let us hunt, I'm going to show the son of a gun. I just shot two of his cows. (laughs) Right? Anger's not to be played with. It's contagious. It's contagious. Be repentant. Be removed. Be realistic. Be realistic. A couple of verses here. Proverbs 29, verse 9. Proverbs 29, verse 9. If a wise man contends with a foolish man, whether the fool rages or laughs, there's no peace. What's it saying there? You know what? You might think in all your wisdom you can help a foolish man, but nine times out of ten, he's going to remain a fool. (laughs) You can talk to your blue in the face. You can laugh and cry. This guy's going to stay a fool. It's the same in Proverbs 27, verse 3. How real is this book? A stone is heavy and a sand is weighty, but a fool's wrath is heavier than both. What do we talk about? We talk about giving someone what? A fool's pardon. The book of Proverbs tells us to do that. There's a place for confrontation. There's a place to challenge. But some people are so foolish, so enraged, you're talking to a wall of ignorance and arrogance. And the Proverbs says, give them a fool's pardon. Just realize that person's not going to change at the moment. Be realistic about human life. Don't be Pollyannish. There are actually these kinds of people in your neighborhood, standing in the Starbucks line and in the work and in your school. Avoid them. Pray for them. Be an example to them. But don't get unrealistic about changing them quickly. The fool is the fool and likes to stay the fool. Don't be a fool in trying to change them unnecessarily. Give them a fool's pardon. Be realistic about life, not idealistic. In fact, 
That's why Proverbs 19, 11 said, it's your glory to overlook a fault. Because you could sit that person down and try and change them, but you know what? In some cases, you're just better overlooking it. And it's a glorious thing to forgive and be patient. I love Colossians 3.13 because I want to get this to you and to others. Here's an interesting verse, Colossians 3.13. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Please underscore that when it comes to people and what they do to you or not do for you, in some cases you're going to have to bear with them, and in other cases you're going to have to forgive them. And and I think it's important that you and I realize that if you and I would actually say some forbearance towards the foolish man, life would go a little bit sweeter. Don't try and make a Supreme Court issue of everything. Give them a fool's pardon. Be realistic. Maybe see yourself at another time in them. I don't know what it is, but be forbearing. Be patient. Be long-suffering. Just let it pass. You say, Pastor, some of those things I can't. Well, you're right, because if it's a complaint, and the Greek word for complaint here means something that's morally substantial, something that's weighty, right? We're back to the Ten Commandments, the law of Jesus Christ or whatever. Not your pet peeves or even your political persuasions. But if it's something weighty, something that offends God that has offended you, it might be an issue of forgiveness and confrontation and repentance. I get that. But I think if you think, There's probably five out of ten situations that are more about forbearance than they are about forgiveness. We make forgiveness an issue too often. And when we do that, we kind of make forgiveness less than the thing it really is. So learn to forbear. You know, within reason, hey, if you've got to pick those socks up again in the bedroom, do it. If you've got to put the cap on the toothpaste, do it. If you've got to put up with a bunch of little things or things that annoy you or make life just that little bit less enjoyable, that's just forbearing. And you hope that others are doing it to you because you're doing it to them. That's why I've always loved the story of President Roosevelt, whose little dog was always getting in the fights and coming out worse than the other dog. And someone said to him, you know what, Mr. President, your little dog's not much of a scrapper. To which he replied, oh, he's a great fighter. He's just a bad judge of dogs. As in, he probably was lightweight and he's fighting at a heavyweight level. You know, point is, pick your fights. One of the great wisdom issues in life is learning to pick your fights. Make sure you've got a few hills, just a few hills you're willing to die on. Don't raise your molehills to mountains. That's crazy. I like, again, the promoter of a boxer who said the reason he didn't let his boy fight lesser opponents because there's only so many fights in him and he was keeping them for the ones that he must fight. Okay, be restrained and be redemptive. These are the last two thoughts. Almost the most important, but be slow to anger. Be like the man who controls his spirit is bigger than the man who rules the city. You've got some of those verses along the way. The book of Proverbs encourages you again and again to be slow to anger, show restraint, control your emotions, think before you act, don't seek revenge. You're at liberty not to act in response to a bad action on the part of another. Maybe two verses would be Proverbs 16.32, which we have read several times, and the other one would be Proverbs 29.11, a full vent's all his feelings. A wise man holds them back. 
You need to control yourself, and so do I. Now, there's part of what you and I can do that ourselves a bit better than we're doing. You say, ah, I just can't control myself. That's not true. Because sometimes we vent our anger at home in a way we would never do at school and we would never do at the workplace, which tells us we can control ourselves better than we're letting on. But more than that, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is what? Self-control. So the book of Proverbs tells us, control yourself, calm yourself, restrain yourself, don't vent all your feelings. And you and I need to take our mind and our heart and our strength and do that for God's glory. But the beauty is, as we give ourselves to that, the Holy Spirit will help us in that. He will produce that self-control as we attempt to be self-controlled. When I'm in the airport, I tend to take those par walks, you know, those kind of elevators that are flat on the ground. I go, why not? I mean, I'm walking. I might as well walk at double the speed because this thing just carries me along. A lot of people stand, but I'm always on the go, so they're standing. And I'm even on the thing that's moving. I'm moving, you know? And I've always enjoyed that analogy because while I am responsible to walk in the Spirit, (laughs) as I walk in the Spirit, His power is also made available to me that it infuses me with an ability I wouldn't have by myself. Last point, be redemptive. Be redemptive. That is, react in the light of the cross. You say, well, the cross isn't in the book of Proverbs. I would say you're right and you're wrong. It's anticipated in the book of Proverbs, isn't it? It's the glory of a man to overlook a fault, to forgive. And we're told to do that in Proverbs 10, 12, and in Proverbs 19, verse 11. We're told not to repay evil with good in Proverbs 25, 21 to 22, which will be repeated in Romans 12. So we're told to forgive. And what the book of Proverbs encourages us to do, the cross of Christ shows us how to do it. So while Christ isn't explicitly there in the book of Proverbs, He is there implicitly because He's going to come and He's going to show us in a manner that's just so amazing that God's glory is showing up in His ability to overlook a fault in Jesus Christ. Let me finish You need to write this down and think about it. Those who cling to the cross will be unable to hold on the grudges for very long. You can't cling to the cross. And listen, Jesus say to those who hurt him, those who are angry against him, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. At that cross, God extinguishes His holy wrath against us in the sacrifice of His Son. And when you and I go at the foot of the cross, that unrighteous anger that we often show towards others can be extinguished also. Be redemptive. Show the glory of God's love and the cross in overlooking people's faults. That's why in Ephesians 4 31 to 32, after tell him, be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down in your wrath. Don't give the devil place. Later on, he will say, forgive one another as God has forgiven you in Christ Jesus. You need to be redemptive when you're confronted with anger. Let me finish with this story. It comes from the life of Robert E. Lee, the great general of the Confederacy. He has lost the Union Forces have beaten him and his men. It's now after the Civil War. He's in a home in Kentucky. And the southern belle who owns that home is enraged by what the northerners did. She points outside this beautiful tree that was the signature of their property. 
blasted to pieces, blackened by gunpowder and bullets and cannon shells. And she turns to General Lee and she's basically expecting him to condemn the North and sympathize with her loss. But this Christian man said this to her, cut it down and forget it. He was party to reconciling the South and the North. As a Christian man, I think another tree had informed him. Just cut it down. Forget about it. And the tree of Calvary and the cross of Jesus would tell us the same. When it comes to bitterness, uproot it and throw it away. When it comes to anger, cut it down and forget about the offense. Just as God assuaged his anger in Jesus Christ for you. The mood, the madness, the management. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the book of Proverbs. Amidst the library of the Bible, we thank you that this book is to be found so rich with practical theology, so rich with time-tested truths and maxims that have been proven across generations to be true. And in writing about wisdom, Solomon and other authors would remind us, we've got to get a handle on anger because it destroys and it divides and it is the devil's best hunting ground. Oh God, forgive us and help us to forgive others when it comes to this. How quickly we get angry over the smallest of things. How quickly we lose our temper. We belittle those we love and we hurt those we count dear. How quickly we show the world how shallow the work of God is still within us. Take us to a new place of peace, a new place of patience, with the greater ability to handle people who we disagree with or who hurt us. Thank you for the practicality of this. And we thank you that as our sermon ended, we came to the place that kind of resolves it all, the cross of Jesus Christ. Pray for those who are still angry with you, angry at life and the creator of it. May they repent and put their faith in Christ. May we cling to the cross as the church so that we quickly let go of the grudges and the hurts that are just part and parcel of life. For we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May we develop wise hearts that seek God's methods for anger management. You're listening to Philip DeCourcy here on Know the Truth. You can order the full unedited sermon on CD when you call 888-644-8811. Or listen to this three-part broadcast again online at ktt.org. This is a great message to recommend to a friend. Now, if you're new to Know the Truth, on behalf of Pastor Philip, let me say welcome. It's Philip DeCourcy's mission to provide bold and relevant Bible teaching that aligns your life with God's truth. After all, God's Word brings life to the soul. To help you in your walk of faith, Philip would like to send you another one of his most popular and practical messages. It's called Handling the Pressure, and it's yours for the asking when you call 888-644-8811. Learn how to reduce your stress by trusting God more. At Know the Truth, we're always looking to provide you with resources to strengthen your walk of faith. And we didn't have to look far this month since Philip just released his newest book titled, Help, I'm Anxious. This is a thoroughly biblical guide for defeating our fears by claiming peace in Christ. 
Philip includes plenty of scripture to anchor you in God's truth. We're offering the book to everyone who gives a generous gift of $25 or more. So give online at ktt.org or call 888-644-8811. And of course, you can also send your gift by mail. Just write to us at Know the Truth, Post Office Box 30250, Anaheim Hills, California, 92809. It's your generosity that makes this ministry possible. So give today and don't forget to ask for Philip's new book, Help, I'm Anxious. We'll send it to you when your gift is $25 or more. I'm your host, Wayne Shepherd. Come back tomorrow for another message in our Total Grace series. We'll be encouraged to express love and integrity when it comes to grace giving. That's Thursday on Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. finance for townhall.com. The old saying that the Episcopal Church is Catholicism without the Pope might be obsolete. The presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church has chosen to subvert the church at its core by penalizing the Bishop of Albany for refusing to allow same-sex marriages in his diocese. Last year, the Episcopal General Convention passed a resolution that allows congregations to have same-sex marriages, despite the objections of their bishop. I attend and serve in the Episcopal Church myself, and this goes to the very heart of Episcopal government. This church is built around the authority of bishops in their diocese. It's in the name, ruled by the Episcopos. Bishops are to rule in their diocese and not rule in other dioceses. For the sake of theological progressivism, Bishop Curry and the church leadership have undermined both biblical orthodoxy and the defining feature of the church's authority. It's a sad moment for the church. I'm Jerry Boyer. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. You cannot live wrong and die. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.